Welcome. Welcome. Bottle cork in your eye. It's the Improbable Research Podcast. I'm Mark Abrams, editor of the magazine Annals of Improbable Research. This is all about, or mostly about, research that makes people laugh, then think. If you like what you hear today, consider supporting us at our website, improbable.com. Here's physicist Melissa Franklin. This is a study from 2003. It involves bottles, corks, and eyes. Bottle cork injury to the eye, a review of 13 cases. Where was this published? The European Journal of Ophthalmology. Could you name the authors? I'll bet you can. Cavallini, Luli, Campi, Pagliani, Saccarolo. Those are their last Saccarola. names. Yes, those are their last names. The paper lists only their first initials, so there's some mystery here. They're from Modena and Reggio Emilia. In Italy. Italy, yeah. The purpose of this study, they say, is... To analyze the anatomic and functional consequences of wine cork injury to the eye in relation to the patient's age and the type of cork and wine. That word anatomic... I realize now, standing here next to a physics professor, when they say anatomic here, they do not mean not atomic. No, I think they mean the anatomy. Which is? Something about the body. <laughs> the chunks of the body, body parts. What did they do here? We retrospectively studied 13 patients, six women and seven men, presenting to our department with bottle cork injury to the eye between January 1999 and June 2001. Have you ever had a bottle cork injury? No. Not necessarily to the eye. Have you ever had a bottle cork injury? No. Almost? Have you? No. No. No, I'm pretty good with corks. I've opened many bottles of sparkling wine and champagne, and I've never hurt anyone with the one. They get specific about right eyes and left eyes. The injured eye was the right one in 69.23% of the cases, and the left one in 30.77% of the cases. They get specific about what was in the bottles, too. Yes, yes. Sparkling wine was involved in all cases. White in 76.92% and red in 23.08%. Six bottles were homemade wine, three white and three red. The types of cork were as follows. One plastic stopper with protective metal wire, three plastic stoppers without wire, three corks with metal wire, two corks, and four metal crown caps. You're somebody who builds a lot of machines. Yes. Some of them very complicated. When you see this list of items here, does the engineering and physics experience in you suggest that something is going to happen? It seems strange that they didn't take off the wire part before they tried opening the bottle. <laughs> if that's what you mean. It's surprising. that, Or maybe these things just um, exploded without anybody trying anything, perhaps. They're really detailed here when they give these percentages of the cases, white wine and not just 76%, but in 76.92%. Yes. Red wine, and not just 23%, but in 23.08%. What does that amount of precision? being specific, of precision, what does that amount of precision tell you? It tells you that they only have a certain number of cases, so they have to report accurately. It's not a statistical comment, it's the actual number. Does it give you a feeling of confidence seeing all that precision? No, I mean, I checked to see whether they added up to 100 and? Apparently. How long did it take you to check? Like a, a second. I don't know. You go 892, that's one second. Okay. Okay. They go into medical detail. All injuries were closed globe injuries, according to Kuhn et al. classification. What does that mean? 
Thomas Kuhn, Structure of the Scientific Revolution. <laughs> okay, you just mentioned Thomas Kuhn. Who is Thomas Kuhn? Thomas Kuhn was a philosopher of science. What is a who, philosopher of science? What is a philosopher of science? Oh, a philosopher and historian of science who wrote about- but Now you're making it more complicated. Scientific revolutions. It's not that complicated. He just said, wow, it's interesting. Scientific revolutions are interesting. What can we say about them? Then he said some stuff, and then later he said, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's not exactly right, but it's interesting. And he's not the coon who had anything at all to do with this report I would about have to check. Let's quarks. see. You never know because people are pretty wide. Uh, let's see. Uh, coon. Yes. No, F. Coon. This is F. Coon. Federico Coon, <laughs> for instance. But we're okay. not sure about the Federico. We're not. Anyhow, all injuries were closed globe injuries, according to Kuhn et al. classification. This specifies that the eye wall, made up of the rigid structure of the sclera and the cornea, has no full thickness wound and comprises both cases without scleral or corneal wounds, confusion, contusion, <laughs> and those with a partial thickness wound, lam lamellar laceration, lamellar, lamellar laceration. This is really hard to read. That's some of the medical detail. They go into a little bit of the idea of whether this is an injury that happens often or not very often at all. Yes, wine bottle cork injury is among the most common diagnoses at admission for ocular trauma in our department, with an incidence of 10.83% of all eye injuries that required hospitalization between January 1999 and June 2001. The incidence seems to be higher in regions with large-scale production and sales of sparkling wine. This type of wine has chemical and physical characteristics, including fermentation inside the bottle, and the resulting rise in pressure can be high enough to push out the cork at a speed of about 15 meters per second, 55 kilometers per hour. Does, that strike, does that strike you as being about the right number? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, 15 meters per second. There you have it right there. It goes up to the ceiling really fast, probably faster than a half a second. And if I could ask you to speak on behalf of all of the physics professors in the world... <laughs> It, and I could. Yes. And I am. Yes. Is the physics of this at all interesting to you? I think all of physics is interesting, and it's always interesting to think about bubbles. Bubbles are very interesting. Pressure, bubbles, nice, lovely. Do physicists, do you all get together and enjoy champagne? Physicists drink champagne when someone gets a PhD. One injury that results from this kind of accident is among the most serious, they say. This study showed that the most serious early injury after bottle cork eye trauma is hyphema. Spell that. H-Y-P-H-E-M-A, hyphema uh -huh. or hyphema, followed by ocular hypertension and corneal edema. Four patients had traumatic lens dislocation. Whoa. The most common late sequela was pupil motility anomalies, which did not cause visual impairment or discomfort. That's quite a phrase, pupil motility anomalies. What? I like the most common late sequela or sequela. And what is sequela or I guess sequela? It's, I guess it's the, the next thing, the sequel. And, and pupil about, motility anomalies. Your pupil is no longer motiling properly. They don't move right. <laughs> yeah. Did we finish that sentence? We did, in fact. And that's pretty much the report. Is this going to change the way you live your life, having read this well, report I mean, You quickly? know, what, what was not very satisfying in this report is uh, how you guard against it and whether it can blind you. What are you going to do to safeguard yourself and those around you? 
I already safeguard myself. I think everybody knows not to point the cork at, your, at their own eye or someone else's eye. They didn't say who did it, which would have been interesting. But maybe also just don't have a crate of sparkling champagne that you excite. I have seen champagne with the metal on the top, the metal foil, explode. It is true. I have seen that. Is it a pleasant memory? No, it was. It, it, it is um, unsettling. You've been listening, if you've been listening, to a genuine episode of the Improbable Research Podcast. I invite you to subscribe to the magazine, The Annals of Improbable Research. Six new issues a year. Get yourself some back issues, too. Also, get lots of details about the Ig Nobel Prizes, upcoming events, what's in the magazine, and, and about how you can help and be part of it via our Patreon. All this at our website, improbable.com. It's possible that Seth Glicksman is the improbable production assistant. Next time on this podcast, we'll look at something or other. We will. Until then. Goodbye. 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 <laughs>